This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is a football Friday. Yes, we know the Eagles won't be playing. But you can have a football Friday without the Eagles, can't you? Well, we're going to try. Uh, you got the Mac and Mac guys here, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. JM, we're a couple of days removed from the final powwow uh, between the general manager and the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles with all the Eagle media and therefore the Eagle fans getting a feel for the Eagles in the offseason. That was the job that Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni had the other day. It was twofold. Number one was to make the Eagle fan base, Eagle Nation, if that's what you want to call it, feel good about where the team is at, but also give absolutely no indication of what they're going to be doing during this offseason. They, they want to appease the public, but they also don't want to tip their hand or make major commitments about what they're going to do during the offseason. Unless something's a slam dunk, you want to leave yourself as much uh, wiggle room as you possibly can. Do you think that Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman achieved their goal if I've got the right read on it? Yeah, I think they did. I think they were, and I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier in the week, I think they were both pretty savvy as far as uh, leaving things uh, open-ended, which you always want to do. Look, I always I always say about coaching press conferences is more than anything, you know, we parse these things over, and I'm guilty of it at times just as much as anybody else. But these guys aren't under, uh, you know, oath. <laughs> you know, they're not – they're not uh, the minute you say something on the podium, it doesn't mean you can't change your mind right uh, the next day, 24 hours, certainly the next two weeks. So, but you don't want to go up there and seem disingenuous either. Cause that doesn't uh, uh, really advance your goals as in, in, in such a public facing industry where your fans are so hyper-focused on what you're doing. So you don't want to alienate them either. Uh, so it is a, a difficult balancing act, and I think the Eagles did a pretty good job. And I think they were pretty honest for the most part. I think, you know, you kind of read between the lines. You know, I always like to do these things where, you know, what they said, what they really meant. And <laughs> in the case of Nick Sirianni, for instance, he wants his coaches back. But, you know, if Jeffrey Lurie swoops in and says, so-and-so's got to, you know, go. Well, then you gotta you gotta move to somebody else. That's the guy in charge, and he's the one who has the ultimate say in things like that. And then from Howie Roseman's perspective, when it comes, obviously, most notably to the quarterback position, 
look, the odds are, you know, we're getting odds if you want to, you know, get, you know, those emails that I always get, I'm sure you always get with odds of who's going to end up where and what and, and, and prop bets and things like that. If you want to do the biggest prop bet of who's going to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles in, in, in 2022, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. So you, you're playing the odds, but you left the door ajar. And if Russell Wilson, you know, changes his mind, if Deshaun Johnson, Watson, we talk about too much. If he changes his mind, if he cleans up his, his act, so to speak, uh, you know, then you revisit things. And he left open that door to revisit things to where it can come back and say, well, at the time, you know, this wasn't an option uh, if he goes in a different direction. So I thought, long story short, I think both guys did a, a, a pretty good job in handling um, – the, the natural uncertainty, by the way, there's a certain amount of uncertainty for every team entering the offseason. No matter, even who wins the Super Bowl, there'll be some uncertainty, uh, whomever that ends up being. That's just the way of this industry. Right. That's this uh, arc of a season, and it is. It's different for everybody, but the one thing that is certain is everyone's got at least some change, and how much change is going to be in place with the Philadelphia Eagles that you to see. Um, let me touch on one of the things you touched on, the coaching staff. Uh, it was more than telling that Sirianni, after running down his coaches, uh, kind of weaved two things in together. You talked about them being pretty good at it. He weaved the fact that he hasn't had his sit-down with all his coaches yet, and he hasn't had his sit-down with the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles just yet. He kind of did a really nice job of weaving those things, keeping them separate, but putting them right next to each other so guys like you, me, and most of Eagle Nation can read into that. You, you know the owner's going to have a comment about the coaching staff, and I can't say anything definitive until after I hear from all our boss of bosses. Um, that was the other day. Uh, chances are they've already had that meeting, having that meeting today. If there are changes to the Eagle coaching staff, what do you think the timeline is? Um, well, you know, obviously, you know, the one, the most notable would be Jonathan Gannon, and that doesn't really concern the Eagles. Um, you know, Ed Kratz brought up an interesting point yesterday that somebody like Denard Wilson um, might be um, – uh, in line to get a defensive coordinator job. Remember, uh, coaching staff's got to be populated throughout. When when teams start making decisions, they gotta they gotta populate coaching staffs as well. And maybe there's an opportunity for Denard Wilson. And I don't know if I was talking about it with you, but I have to double check this. I was talking about it with somebody previously. If coaches were under contract, you could block them from moving. Um, what what's called a lateral, lateral move. move right yeah so but even that's like secondary coach to defensive coordinator that's not considered a promotion uh in the nfl the only thing you could leave for um is um head coaching positions that's the only thing you can't block if guys are under contract that's key now the eagles they're all under contract the eagles assistants because they just came in under a new coach typically they get two sometimes three years um, so they should all be under contract now. And, and this is, and I can't remember, and, I, and I'll try to remember. And, and 
There might have been a change a couple years ago because as they tried to um, elevate uh, minority hirings around the NFL, they want obviously more coordinators to be open. And and Denard Wilson as um, an African-American man, you don't want to be the Eagles blocking him from getting a defensive coordinator position, I don't think, in this type of environment. So a lot of politics involved in that that equation so guys can get promotions but as far as guys getting fired um that that should happen pretty quickly because you don't want to leave somebody hanging out there uh you know the senior bowl for instance senior bowl week is sort of like the convention of assistant coaches you go down there if you're an assistant coach and and you're not tethered you try to make some connections and and try to get in get a potential job around the league. So the last thing you want to leave is somebody, if you're not going to move forward with them, you want to make that decision uh, pretty quickly. All right. Here's the way that I think a lot of Eagle fans look at what this team is going to do in a very wide ranging focus during this off season, which again, giving credit to the two guys who were up there on the podium the other day, they did a good job of uh, not co- completely committing to anything, even though a couple of your media brethren tried to get them to go a little bit more into detail. Uh, We know that the owner of this football team way back a year ago uh, said that this was a football team in transition. And one of the reasons why they were moving away from Doug Peterson and eventually hiring Nick Sirianni, that they were a team in transition. The other, the flip side of that is a team that is for lack of a better phrase. And I like this one because I'm a poker player, a team that's all in that is uh, using its off season, making its moves, committing its resources to win immediately, not worrying as much about what does this move do to affect us two years down the road. What I'm worried about is what it's going to do to affect us this very year. I know there's a Canyon between those two positions, you could drive a truck to and go down very narrow, focused little roads. But those are the two bookend positions I would describe in the National Football League. Um, yeah, some would call it rebuilding rather than Jeffrey Boy's use of the word transitional. But um, if those are the two bookends, J Mac, which of the two ends do you think they'll be closer to? Howie Roseman kind of left it open that it could be either one. But if you're going down the middle of the road and there's a dead center between those two, you can't go right down the middle. It's going to be one more side, one on more side or the other. Which one do you think the Eagles are closer to? Um, I, I think they're closer to going all in um, for a couple reasons. One, I, I, you know, we talk about this all the time and we use the Sixers and the NBA as the biggest comparison. I don't think you have to do that in the NFL, number one. I mean, you don't. You don't have to tear things down. The Eagles proved right now. I mean, they proved this season. If you make a couple good decisions, and remember, they were up against it because of all the dead money and Carson Wentz not having the ability to do a lot of things in free agency. Now they'll have at least some room, not as much as what was originally expected, but they'll have some room to maneuver in free agency uh, and bring in some meaningful players. But but to me the bigger the bigger issue is you know are are you ready to be a Super Bowl contender? Well, clearly not. 
and and that you know was the biggest question of all that is going to be um talked about ad nauseum and we're going to talk about it and we've talked about it ad nauseum you know jalen hurts is such and i always use this term a unique player it it it's you know what do you do here if you're going to move forward with them you're you're almost forced to build around him to build to his skill set um and do the Eagles want to do that long-term? Well, you know, Jeffrey Lurie's on record, no. In the past, again, though, when I talk about press conferences, that doesn't mean he can't change his mind. Well, uh, He can change his mind whenever he wants. So that's why everything is so all-encompassing with Jalen Hurts. It's not only it's, – it, it's a foundational shift of the organization because Jeffrey Lurie at his core believes – you got to have the Tom Brady. You got to have the Patrick Mahomes. You got to have the Aaron Rodgers to be consistently successful in the modern NFL. That's always been his belief. Always been his belief. So is Jalen Hurts able to change that belief? Has the game changed to the point where he feels you can consistent, consistently win in other ways? Because that's the Eagles' goal. It's really difficult to win the Super Bowl. We all know that. Aaron Rodgers has got one for for you know, yeah. I mean, and, and you're not you're not getting better than him um, over the next fifteen years or so. Um, so that tells you how difficult it is. But they want to get stars are going to align, and you're going to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and it already happened to the Eagles once with Doug Peterson. Um, so it's more of a foundational. Uh, uh, issue that has to be answered by really Jeffrey Lurie. Ultimately, I think the Eagles are going to try to get better at the quarterback position. I've been pretty consistently. Doesn't mean they can. It's unlikely they can in this offseason. We, we always talk about building a roster, Jody. You can't get better at every position. You need two safeties. You need a corner. You need linebackers. You need an edge rusher. You need another wide receiver. You might need a running back, on and on and on. You can't patch all those holes in one offseason. Well, same thing with the quarterback. You can't necessarily get the quarterback you want on a particular offseason. What I think has sped people up this offseason is you never have three first-round picks. So if this is – you're never going to have a better opportunity to have more maneuvering to go out and get a superstar. Right, but it would probably have to be via trade because, yes, I already had my beliefs. And, yeah, we're going to have the combine. Yeah, they're going to have uh, the senior bowl and individual workouts. And I've seen enough. I don't believe that there is a franchise quarterback available in the draft this year. There are some solid quarterbacks, some good quarterbacks, some Jalen Hurts-like quarterbacks. But if you're going to move away from Jalen Hurts, you want to get significantly better than Jalen Hurts. And I don't think that's doable through the draft. So it is. If they're going to do it, it's going to have to be via trade and using those uh, drafts as capital and chips and being able to pull a deal for it. Uh, you did make one interesting point, which I want to ask you to further define. Um, do you build around Jalen Hurts? That that needs a little definition to it. I would say that Nick Sirianni tried to uh, build around Jalen Hurts with his play calling earlier in the year. 
it didn't exactly work out because the team started two and five. Then he kind of went away, and it wasn't necessarily going away from Jalen Hurts. It wasn't part, but it was more toward running. We need to run the football. We're a better running team. Our strength is our offensive line. We've got some pretty damn good backs. We're going to beat teams by running the football, and they did. It helped that some of the teams they beat weren't up to winning games anyway and could have been beaten several different ways, but they did. They did what they did, and it got them into the postseason. During this offseason, building around Jalen Hurts, how would Howie Roseman even go about doing that? How would we know the difference between building around Jalen Hurts or building around some other quarterback? Well, you're 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 going to be getting certain types of one, you would want a, a true, in my estimation, you would want a true bell cow running back. So whoever you think, you know, is in that conversation, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. Uh, Dalvin Cook, those types of running backs, obviously you can't get them. Not right. honestly, I was going to say, that's, that, that's less likely to happen than them being able to trade for a Russell Wilson or Detroit. No, Jackson. but no, well, I'm not saying. Quarterback would be easier than swapping out uh, Miles Sanders. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, go, I'm not saying go get those players. Those players aren't, obviously aren't available. I'm saying that's what you want. So you want to shift at running back. You, 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 you want somebody who's not only uh, going to be effective, but, is, you know, best ability is availability is going to be out there. We know the issues with Miles Sanders. He's up for a contract extension. We had Zach Berman on yesterday. It's going to be really, I don't, I don't, I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to go in that direction. So you start thinking about the future running back. When you start talking about wide receivers, you know, we joke about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. You're going to see a kid with the, with the Rams this weekend, a rookie, Ben Skoranek. You know, you start talking about those 230-pound receivers who can block on the outside. Um, you start uh, you start talking about Cordero Patterson's a free agent. You know, if you're going to run those wide receiver screens, get somebody who can run those wide receiver screens. Um, that's what I'm saying. Different types of players. And then, and then you have to, and, and how we talked about this when I asked him about it, the difference between coaching staffs and how are you going to build your scheme? You got to get players to fit the scheme that you're going to run. That's what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be an extension of the coaching staff. Now, but I'm all saying this, the Eagles don't want to do this. I don't believe for one second they want to do this. That's the problem. That's the bigger problem, Jody. That that is the question that has to be answered, but it doesn't have to be answered by September in week one. Again, because you're right, and I think the Eagles are on board with you. They don't think there's a guy in the draft that can be better than Jalen Hurts, at least at this early stage of the game. Um, it's unlikely that they'll be able to trade for a, a an obvious upgrade. So you got to roll it over and you got to keep and then you're left in that sort of purgatory when it comes to building the offense, because you're trying to serve two masters. You're trying to win games right now and you're trying to build for the future. And you, you got to start. Not, he doesn't seem like it. Um, you haven't even seen an inkling of it. But Devontae Smith. Just by the nature of that position is not going to be happy. Uh, unless he starts being used as a true number one receiver. Never shown the person. I mean, that's just human nature. 
I mean, when he sees guys going for 15, 1600 yards and other high power, that's what receivers want. That's what all receivers want. I'd never want met a receiver who didn't want that. So all of these kind of things sort of mix into it. And it's a it's a weird spot the Eagles are in. Yeah, but and on uh, Devon, and you know how big a Devontae Smith fan I am. They run the football. He said it himself. I saw him. Uh, I asked him last the last press conference. Say we changed the identity of the team. I asked him that and we question. Became a... And guess what, Jody? He's a rookie. Second, third year. Okay. Uh, I, I hear you, but he, at least he was on board at the end of this season. All right, one more quickie right along the same lines. And then we'll get our first guest, our buddy Barrett Brooks, is going to hop aboard with us. Um, you mentioned you don't think the Eagles are going to go down the road of extending Miles Sanders, which I agree with, which is debatable because I still like Miles. I think Miles is, if he's not a bell cow back, he's damn close to it. If they don't, if they choose not to. Different players handle that differently. We just talked about how Devontae Smith's going to handle his role going forward. If the Eagles tell Miles, listen, come in, go nuts. Uh, if given the chance, average five yards of carry. Uh, if we don't pay as somebody else's, you, you just need to know that this is a mega season for you. So go out and go crazy. Will he be able to accept that? Will he wrap his head around that and go, yeah, you know what? I'll show you. Or will he get upset? Oh, well, uh, I'm not. Ex- how am I going to be expected when we got Boston guy? We got Jordan Howard and uh, we're not running. How do you think Miles Sanders will handle the fact that if you and I are right, the Eagles don't talk about a contract extension with him? I'm asking you to judge the guy's personality a little bit. I think, yeah, he won't be happy. Nobody's happy in that type of situation. Um, But I think he'll be understanding because of the injury issues and because he hasn't been able to be out there for a full season. And and he'll kind of understand he has to prove it and he'll get the opportunity to prove it. And the Eagles, on the other hand, have proven if, if you do have a big season, they will extend you. And if he starts playing well, it could be a situation. Remember what happened this year with the 2018 draft class. Jordan Mailata, uh, Josh Sweat, Avante Maddox, Dallas Scott, they all got extended in season. So he sees that, and uh, he'll have an opportunity to be in that same category. Okay. Uh, do, do me a favor during the break. We're going to take a quick break. Barrett Books is going to join us. When was the last Eagle back that they extended when his contract was up and they gave him a Yeah, it's contract. a bad position. It's a yeah. bad position. It, it, it uh, doesn't happen across the league, and yeah. it doesn't happen here in Philadelphia. Yeah. And I'm that's not... why, and, and you bring up a good point, Jody. I should have put the position in there as well. The Eagles might not want to sign him to an extension, period. And right now, if you force me to go on one side of the coin, I, I'd say not. Same same here. And I feel bad because I like Miles Sanders and think he's a good player. But this is one where I can't uh, second guess the Eagles. I second guess the Eagles with their overall position on linebacker. I think the fact that we've gone as long as they have with no linebacker taken in the first round. Other teams in the league do it that way. And other teams in the league win that way. And we may get a team win a Super Bowl this year with playmaking linebackers. He running back is like across the league. That's 32 out of 32 teams that have de-emphasized the position of running back. Jody McDonald and John McBone, you're back at MacBirds 365. 
going to be joined by a brother from another mother. Our buddy, Barrett Brooks, comes up next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Appreciate your streaming on in here on Birds 365 with the Mac and Mac. Go ahead and like the show. You should like it even more. Right now, push that like button because you got one of your fellow Jacob Media guys hanging with it. The big man, Barrett Brooks, jumps aboard here on Birds 365. You don't have a college football game to do this weekend, do you, Barrett? No, you no, it's Montana, all over with, man. Or Utah, <laughs> uh, we got, or come North on, Dakota, we got... or South Dakota. You're staying put right here in the Delaware Valley, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I am, man. I, I do want to get out to the, the Senior Bowl if I could, man, yeah. but it doesn't look like uh, anybody's sending me, so... We'll see. Yeah, the we'll Senior Bowl is always fun. East-West yep. Shrine Bowl is getting a little bit more play because the NFL Network, I think it's the East-West Shrine game. Yeah, I played uh, in that. I played in that. I played yeah. the East-West Shrine game in the Senior Bowl uh, my last year in the uh, league. Yeah, those are always uh, interesting. And the Senior Bowl is obviously really where the draft stuff starts to kick in. But yep. before we get to the draft, B, I want to talk to you about the press conference earlier this week and Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni. Um, 
And we got to start with the quarterback because that's the biggest offseason question. And, you know, it's pretty emphatic. This is going to be our guy moving forward. They did leave the door slightly ajar. It, you know, Russell Wilson drops in their lap or Deshaun Watson. But other than that, which is unlikely, Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy. Jody and I were talking about it. <clears throat> to me, it's a difficult decision for the Eagles because we know what Jeffrey Lurie believes, and he believes to win consistently, you need the high-powered passing offense. Can they still get that with Jalen Hurts, or do they have to build around Jalen Hurts to continue to prove and do it in a more unique fashion because he's a unique player? He's a unique player, but I will say this. Um, I, I think all the kids that are coming out now have to adjust to the NFL, and you know they, they come from spread offenses, yeah. and that's different from when um, Marino was coming out, Montana was coming out, you know, even Ben Roethlisberger's come were coming out. They changed up. Uh, they changed up to these spread offenses, so you don't have to read defenses. So everybody's yeah. having a problem right now, you know, from first round pick last year to you know to to you know Jalen Hurts. They're not taught to really go out and 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 get that pre-snap read that guys like Brady had when they were you know leaving the league. Um, you know, Rodgers had it. They're taught right now just to go out there, spread the offense out. The defense has to play it a certain way, and if it's man. It's man. If it's if it's if it's zone, it's zone. They're not really throwing guys open. These guys are open because of, you know the effects of how wide they are, and all these quarterbacks come from you know drop back pass type of quarterbacks. So it's not just Jalen. It's a lot of these quarterbacks. Even Tyler, um, Kyler Murray. I mean, you you, you talk to uh, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes said just this year he's really learned how to read defenses, how to see where the ball and pre snap read is going to help him out. I think that Jalen will work hard and, and and become that guy, you know, because, I mean, look at Brady. Brady said, why would I retire? I mean, I, I have all the answers to the test. You know, he said he wants <laughs> he to play until he's 50 years old. I mean, yeah, and it, against the Eagles, he looked back, you know, you looked at him. As soon as he got to the line, he knew exactly where he was going with the ball. That's why all those passes were um, – So, were, real know, quick, Eric, why don't coaches want that? Why don't coaches want that? Is it just because it's too difficult? in the current environment, because as you mentioned, they're not getting that training at the college level. So it's got to come at the pro level. Is it just because they don't have enough time uh, 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 to do it? Is it just because they don't have enough patience? I'm sure you saw the clip. I mean, there was that Tampa Bay. I don't know who it was. It wasn't Todd Bowles, but one of their position coaches on the sidelines imploring his defense, this guy can't read. This guy can't read. And he's not talking about you know, fourth grade English. He's talking right. about he can't read defenses. Keep yep. on him. Keep on him. Keep on him. When you see something that coming from the opposition, how, how does that? How, how does that? Does that change your mentality when you're talking about Jalen Hurts, or is it just where we are in the NFL? I think it's where we are in the NFL. And Jalen Hurts, he does have a problem right now with, you know, pre-snap reads and, and knowing where to go with the ball and throwing, you know, throwing the ball and throwing a guy open. Um, he hasn't got to that point yet where he's throwing guys open. You have to teach a young guy that. And Jalen, he's a hard worker. He eventually will get it. But does he have that time? Does he have enough leash to, to do it? I, I I doubt seriously if he does. So he's going to have to take it upon himself to, to go through these quarterback schools and go to these quarterback coaches and, you know, get as in tune as he can with 
what he brings to the table, his intangibles, and and you know maybe that'll help him along. But he's got to go out and, and, and make things happen because if he doesn't, you know, they're going to find somebody quick. I mean, those three first-round picks are burning a hole in Howie's pocket. And just from what you see happening down in Houston, um, I mean, one of the uh, one of you know one of the cases got leaked where they he paid one of the girls off, and it was like a hundred thousand dollars. So yeah. you know, paying us like two and a half million dollars for million, yeah. for him, that's nothing. That's yeah. absolutely nothing for him. And you know, of course, he's got to sit out a couple games at the most. The max probably be ten games. So of course, they're going to turn that stone over. You know, Howie. Howie likes to be nosy. He likes to covet other people's toys. So why wouldn't he go out there and do it? I mean, and he should just from if he's trying to make this team better, he should. But at the end of the day, Hurts can help himself if he goes out there and learns what he needs to learn. If he doesn't, then that's on him. It's his fault. But they've given him another year. He needs to take advantage of it. So if he can't read a defense going into this year, it'll be a problem. And, uh, you know, they'll see it in camp if he's not. Barrett, uh, when I found out we were going to have you, I said, I know the exact question I want to ask him, Mike call you our brother from another mother they're on Jacob Media YouTube channel one that might be even more applicable is B Brooks offensive lineman currently on the Philadelphia Eagles roster not the former that we're talking to here today Brandon Brooks intriguing interesting answer given at the press conference the other day about they needed him to be healthy throughout the entire offseason that they didn't push him they didn't rush him back they want him to have an offseason where he's doing nothing other than getting ready, not in a rehab mode as he's been way too often during his Eagle tenure. That sounds like a guy that they want back contributing for him next year. But there's yeah. a whole bunch of indicators that point to that probably not being the case, including this rumor that Barrett Brooks, uh, excuse me, Brandon Brooks may retire. You're an offensive lineman. You're an Eagle. You might even be buds. <laughs> with uh, Brandon Brooks, were you surprised by the way the Eagles verbally handled the questions on Brandon Brooks the other day? No, not actually. You know, just looking at, you know, Father Tom, he's undefeated. And, and Brandon also understands, you know, where he is in his career. Um, the body, you know, he came in in the best shape I've ever seen off his lineman come in, you know, for the past couple of years. I mean, he, he, he actually came in, you know, looking more like a defensive end than a linebacker, I mean, uh, than an office lineman. So, you know, he did everything possible to get in the best shape of his life. He was in optimal shape. He went out, he was he was doing uh, martial arts, um, stretching, had everything that he needed to do. It's just, you know, bad luck. You know, the luck of the draw, he, he rips um, a, a tendon and what is it? It was in his chest, or, I mean, his arm. Yeah, his or pec. Yeah, yeah, his pec. pec, you know, so he rips that. And, you know, that that's a, that's. And that's a common injury, just like now, you know, Achilles are common injuries. And people come back from him healthier. Um, you know, it won't be a problem. But at least he's coming back. He's going to be healthy. Now, they want him there. I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a top five guard in the league. Of course they want him there. But, will you know, financially, does it make sense? You know, considering the fact that, you know, it, if you look or pay for play, I don't know if it equals, you know, what they necessarily feel or deem it to be worth it. You know, I mean, that's the that's the big deal. Is he going to take less money? Maybe they try to work something out. But at this point, I mean, he's good in the aspect that he has a lot of money still guaranteed on his contract. But does he want to continue to play? You know, as, as an older player, it starts sneaking in. Should I play? I know my last two or three years, the only reason I played is um, my, I won a Super Bowl and, and 
my kids started really taking interest in football. Once they did that, you know, I, I said, all right, I'll stick around a little more. I'd probably still be playing. I'd probably be like um, uh, Brady if I could, you know. I mean, I would still <laughs> love to be playing, but, you know, it's just father time. Look at that one, Barry. Offensive <laughs> linemen and quarterbacks, shelf lives are a little bit different. You guys take a beating. The way they yes. protect quarterbacks these days, yeah, you can play to your 40. Offensive I know Whitworth is Whitworth, but uh, that's a tough ass. Right, right. Or, or, or my name is not Matthews, you know. <laughs> Those guys play forever. But if he can come back and he's going to take a little less money, they renegotiate and they, they've done it before, um, I think he will be back. Do they want him back? Of course they want him back. But does it make dollars and cents for him to come back? At this point, I think it doesn't. And Barrett, I want to go back to your days, your early days in your playing career, because I love another one of those clips. I love when players are mic'd up because you can really get some stuff. And uh, Tampa Bay had Ryan Jensen uh, mic'd up, uh, who's, uh, you know, a big, powerful center. Uh, uh, he's my favorite. Yeah. My favorite. He's yeah. great offensive lineman, one of the most underrated offensive linemen. So-called old man strength, they call it in the league. You got to grow. You got to get there. You know, Milton Williams, a guy we talked about, uh, has tremendous, tremendous potential, tremendous explosion uh, off the football. But they had Ryan stalemate and said, eh, you got to get stronger. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is, is that just natural for every defensive and offensive lineman when they hit the NFL? They just uh, got to get, they just got to grow into their bodies to get these guys who've been there and just, you know, cause Trent Williams, Ryan, Jen, those players are like, and on the defensive side of the ball, Lynn ball, Joseph, I know Jason Kelsey used to always tell me how strong that guy was Vita Vea, uh, just this week. Is that something everybody goes through? Yes, it is. Um, it's, it's, you know, I, I equated when I first got in the league, you know, and the first time I played against Mr. White, you call him, you guys call him Reggie White, but I'm playing against <laughs> Mr. White. And I equated playing to him, playing like, you know, when I was five years old and my old man used to grab me and I knew I was grabbed. That's the way I felt with, with, with Mr. White. You know, he, he nicest guy in the world. And, you know, I, I can remember I was battling, man. We were going back and forth. We were battling. Well, I was battling the entire game. And it's the game that um, we lost uh, 10 to 9. But at that point, you know, we we were up. It was like it was like maybe uh, um, they got up by one point because at the end of the game, he said, "Hey Brooks, you've been having a great game, but hey, I'm gonna have to go hard these last three times." <laughs> I'm like, "What?" And I've given every ounce of my body, every ounce of my soul on this field, and he said, "I'm gonna go hard now." So a sack and a half later, you know, we end up losing the game because of me. So, but the, that, that's that's kind of the same thing. And, and uh, Jensen, I love Jensen because. He's the nastiest player in the league. He's going to block from whistle to whistle. He's going to tell you about it. I mean, and, and of course, Brady loves him because this guy will will run through a stone brick, uh, whatever wall for him. So, yeah, yeah, he's 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 got that old man strength. And, yes, I understand what that young guy was what he was telling that young guy, man, you got to get stronger, man, because, you know, you, you got to be able to rough and tussle with these guys. And he was definitely giving them everything he wanted. He was also giving – uh, Hargrave, everything he wanted, also Fletcher Cox. We didn't yeah. hear Fletcher Cox much, did we? And that's yeah. because that offensive line was doing their deed on the inside. Outside was different. Yeah, you know. But in the and inside, you, bring up, you know, work. Ryan had to go in the injury tent, and you bring up and I, I joked he was in there for a while, hurt his knee, and he came out like a bull coming out of a rodeo shoot. I mean, <laughs> he just came out of that thing like 
I'm he going back in. Yeah. They tried to take his helmet. He was yeah. pissed because they tried to take his helmet. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> he ran back on the field. They didn't want him to go back on the field. Yeah. He, he he ran back on the field himself. Like, you know, you're not stopping this. You can't stop the rain. I'm, I'm going in anyways, you know. So that's 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 his mentality. That's why I love watching him play, man. He's a finisher. All right. I uh, apologize in advance that I'm going back into the offensive line to ask you a question. But when we get a real-life NFL offensive lineman on the show, we kind of like to ask these type of questions <laughs> because I'll tell you, the Eagles may be doing something in the next couple of months that's going to annoy the snot out of me. We had uh, Dave Zingaro, your buddy from NBC Sports Philly, uh, on earlier uh, in the week. And he mentioned that one of the guys from uh, his website uh, was, was thinking about the possibility of Eagles taking an offensive lineman with one of their first-round draft picks. I think that's ludicrous. I think the strength of the team is the offensive line. The five that were supposed to start the year, the guys who were interceded in to start when injuries uh, touched up the guard position as badly as they did. The other guys coming in and even playing well when it was the practice squad against the Dallas Cowboys the last week of the season. The offensive line did a pretty good job. They didn't lose that game because of the offensive line. They lost that game because the Cowboys offense went nuts against the Eagle backup defenders. They can't really use a first-round pick on an offensive lineman again this year. If Kelsey's coming back, and I know that's a big assumption, nobody knows for sure yet, but if Kelsey is their center again, Brandon Brooks probably gone, uh, any other machinations that could happen, could, could they really use a first-round pick on an offensive lineman again this year? If it was, it would be an interior guy, and you don't draft interior guys that high in a draft. I, not, you know, since I've been in the league or, you know, since I was playing, you really don't do that. You draft tackles usually high in the league, uh, high in a draft. Um, but if anything, I, I, I do assume they are looking for a guard, you know, not just to replace Brandon Books, but they need a guard to come in, you know, and, and really <laughs> solidify things. Because I think Sayamala will be the future center. They'll leave Dickerson alone, leave him at the right, um, that left guard position, and then we'll say a model into center. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that's what they're gonna do. But if they do draft high, it'll have to be a guard. I like the guard from from actually from, from Mississippi State. I was looking at the film on him, um, Kenyon Green, really good, phenomenal guard. You know, I like him. He's gonna go late first, even early second. If they pick him up in the second round, I can see them making that happen. But I don't see them going in the first round. In fact, if you look at it. They're going to get an edge rusher. Uh, I think they're going to get an edge rusher, and they might get a, a corner. Corner. And then yeah. trade, uh, trade. you know, the the, the first-round pick for next year. So they'll have two first-round picks for next year. I think that's more of a um, – more of what Howie would do. There's no way that they spend all three picks. I wish they would because I would go get two edge rushers and a linebacker. But, you know, that's that'd be too much like right. That'd be too much like going go. in the right direction. He, you <laughs> see, he's an offensive lineman who's not crazy about offensive line. Not, it doesn't always have to be about the hey, offensive man. line. Barrett's ready to take three defensive players. Exactly right. But they're Bounty. not going to do it, though. Yeah, they're not going to do it. <laughs> Bounty, I, I, I live in the real world, not, not in the – not, not in the gumdrop forest uh, yeah, where they're yeah, going to but... take a linebacker. Um, we have – take it for what you will – Barrett, but we have the term front runner thrown out there by ESPN, uh, Dan Graziano, I believe, specifically about Jonathan Gannon in the Houston Texans. 
Is this a big loss for the Eagles? We know the disconnect for uh, the fan base and JG. Uh, if he does get one of these head coaching jobs, um, how we much be so will lucky. that affect his team? We would be so lucky. <laughs> what All you right. do is, I mean, I, 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 I would like that to happen just simply because um, it doesn't seem like you know Coach Sirianni wants to go to that side of the um, that side of the the, the field during game type situations or really be involved with the uh, defensive side of the ball. And I think you need a more veteran guy in there, you know, to, to, to settle things down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's to settle things down, you know, and it, and it, it seems like, you know, you get you a former head coach, it settled things down. You look at what happened in Dallas, it settled things down. Uh, you look at what's, what's going on in, in, in um, with the Rams settles things down, former head coach, um, you know, even though it's only for a hot second, you know, but he's a, you know, guy that's, you know, a former head coach with a young coach. Um, same thing in, in um, that's going on with Arizona. You know, you got a former head coach that's, you know, can he can handle his side of, of the locker room. And I think that they need to go on the same way. Let's go out and get one of those snarly old guys, you know, like, you know, Denver's ex-head coach and Minnesota's ex-head Yeah, yeah. Vic, would be, Vic would be great, but, you know. Everybody wants big fans, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But so that's just my that's my Christmas wish list. You know, I want somebody that can handle things um, as a you know an older guy that can solidify things, calm things down a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. So all he has to do is make a call. Hey, uh, can you dial up a couple blitzes as opposed to going down there and looking there and like, hey man, you're gonna do something. You mean you're gonna you're gonna try to be aggressive, please? Uh, you know, Byron, let me throw this at you. Let me flesh this out with you. Nick Sirianni is a very young coach. Um, let's say the Eagles get off uh, to a poor start next year, and you got Big Fangio sitting there as the defensive coordinator, and you got Jeffrey Lurie's got an itchier trigger finger as he gets older. Is that comfortable for you as a young head coach to have that kind of cachet as the defensive coordinator, the top assistant on the team? It worked for Doug, and it's working for a lot of other people in the league. But um, I, I I know that they wouldn't go in that direction. I know they won't go in that direction because they want an offensive-minded team. Well, so, that's true. You know, they they wouldn't go in that direction. They wouldn't uh, ask them to, you know, take over. What they would do, it would put a little more heat on um, on on Nick. But, you know, I think Nick, Nick needs a little heat on him. I think he needs, uh, you know – to be more aggressive in, in, you know, what's going on on that side of the ball, because I mean, this is, it's something, you know, cause I mean, he's an offensive he's an offensive coach, a wide receiver coach <clears throat> and our wide receivers got worse the season going on. So I didn't understand <laughs> what, what the hell is did. going on. Yes, so how did. they go, how they get worse, you know, when, when he's supposed to be a guru on that and he spent a lot of time with those guys. So I, I mean, that correlation didn't um, sit well with me, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you look at what, what this team is they got better on the defensive side they started to get better against bad quarterbacks but at least it's a start a good quarterback comes in you know he might pick us apart but at the end of the day he, he's got to make sure that he can solidify you know that defense or if if, if Gannon stays Gannon has become more aggressive because you take on the mindset of who's coaching you and if you're not coaching aggressive those guys tend not to be as aggressive on how they're, you know, entering plays, and they need to be more aggressive, period. I, I might not be Dan Graziano of ESPN, but I'll tell you right now who the next coach of the Houston Texans is going to be. Josh McCown? 
correct. Eagle tie, yes. Their present-day defensive coordinator, no. Former Eagle quarterback Josh McCown will be the next coach of the town. Yeah, this, this is the second time they tried to serenade him. Yeah, <laughs> they did, but they knew it was a little little early last year. So right, right. Uh, we everybody Wait, and his brother I, killed uh, their bro, their I head told... coach a bridge quarterback. Well, what do you think the bridge was for? Yeah. Get a year of Josh McCown closer to the job. Just remember, you heard that here first. I, I advocated, by the way, real quick, Jody. I advocated the Eagles, Doug Peterson, make Josh McCown his offensive coordinator when they forced him to fire um, uh, Mike Groh. Uh, that guy, that guy. People think about this. Think about Derek Fisher, the NBA. People always go, and I'll throw this at you, Barrett, as well, and, and Jody. Derek Fisher, people would say, well, this guy's got no experience. This guy's got no experience. That's what they say with Josh McCown. He played 20 stinking years in the league. Why is that not experience? Why is that not considered experience? As opposed to a guy, and I'm not picking on Nick Sirianni, but he's coaching at Mount Union and IUP, as opposed to playing at the highest level where you're going. Why is that not experience? You're absolutely right. I mean, look at um, what's going on with the Nets. Uh, Steve Nash. <laughs> they brought him in last year. He hadn't really coached at all. Day in his life. Right. <laughs> and he, you know, he, he's coaching, you know, some great players. That's exactly why they need to go out and get him. You know, I mean, they want to go young. They want to go very young. Look, they even interviewed Heinz Ward. I know it was yeah. like a favor for yeah. somebody, but I mean, that's as young as you can get because he's a wide receiver coach at what? Uh, a Florida school? So, I mean, I see the direction they're going. They want the respect factor of somebody that's been in the game, somebody, that, you know, that, that that knows what's going on from a player standpoint. I, I, I totally get it. And he would definitely change the culture, and he would, he'd be a great coach, kind of like what, you know, the Titans have going on now. You take on the identity of your coach, and he's an aggressive coach, and I could see, you know, making that team jump with leaps and bounds, and, you know, it'll be their guy. So I could see that definitely happening. But um, uh, I wouldn't be mad if they came and got um, – Gannon from us. I, I wouldn't be mad at all. Just <laughs> ready to move on from the defense quarter. John and I are bigger fans than you are. That's pretty obvious. All right. Um, one of the things that I eh, wasn't all that pleased about the other day was the and again, like John and I discussed in the first segment, ain't change your mind tomorrow. Uh, you said that they you're you're not under oath, so you can come up with a mind change. They gave pretty good backing to Jalen Rager. I'm ready to move on from Jalen Rager. I'm on record as saying Jalen Rager should never play another snap in an Eagle uniform, but that's just me. Um, If they are going to bring him back, we talked here on the show about what Jalen Hurts is going to do during this offseason, who he's going to work with, where he's going to work out, what skill set is he looking to improve, how do you go about doing that? What do they do with Jalen Rager? Who does he work out with this? If they're going to bring him back – and they still think it's him. That's what the coach said. The talent is there. They just need to get it out of him. Well, how do you raise that talent? How do you make him better at the things that he's not good enough right now? Who do you think he's – is there a is there a wide receiver guru in uh, the offing for Jalen Rager this offseason? Nick Sirianni. <laughs> yeah, but see, he can't go because of the CBA. You can't have interaction yeah. between the players. You get in trouble for that. I think it's tongue-in-cheek, man. But, I, I, you know, and this is not meant to be funny or anything, but he needs to go see a sports psychologist more so than, you know, what, you know, he could his physical prowess is 
physically, he's got everything, every tool that you need. He's quick, he's fast, he's explosive. He has all that stuff. But the NFL is 80% mental and 20% physical. And the mental aspect of the game just hasn't hasn't caught on with him yet. He needs to go and talk to somebody and settle down and 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 mentally get on the right page. He's just not on the right page. He just can't get out of his own way. And that's what's wrong with him. You know, it's nothing physically. It's all mental. And, and it's, he's not mentally tough enough right now to go out there and be the be the wide receiver or whatever gadget player or whatever you want to call him that they need to go out there and be successful. He just doesn't have it, you know, the mindset to be great. I mean, he he has so much self-doubt. He doesn't feel as though he's he's wanted. And that's because at this point, he doesn't want himself. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do. The coaching staff tried everything they could to make sure this kid would be successful. They tried to force feed him the ball. They've done everything to try to make him a player. He just didn't take it and, and run with it. You know, you only got a small amount of time to maximize your potential in the NFL. And I think that his lease is very short right now. So he's going to have to go get some help from, from, from somebody to really get on the right page, to get his mind tied in with the rest of his body. Because right now they're just, you know, they're, they're totally separate. It's just not tied together. His mindset right now isn't to, to really uh, be successful in football. He's just trying to stay. You can't just stay in the NFL. you got to progressively get better in the NFL. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point, Barrett, because, um, you know, people look at Jalen Rager and, and, and people who haven't played the game like you did um, kind of uh, go a little bit overboard and criticizing his abilities. I mean, yeah. we, we go back to training camp. I think you were there that day when he made the one-handed catch and people joke, it's training camp, it's training camp, whatever. There ain't right. a lot of people in the world that can make that catch that he exactly. made. The, the, the kid's got talent, but the mental part of it, he's got no confidence. None just whatsoever. Destroyed. And and I don't know how you rebuild it. So it, it's uh, it's a good point. You know, sports psychologists, a lot of people, you know, maybe somebody like Lane Johnson mm-hmm. and the mental health issues. Maybe, maybe more open not mindedness can help Jalen Riker, but he's got talent. I mean, I don't understand these people who say he's got no talent and yell at me when I say he's got talent. The kid's got talent. What am I going to do? Be there. You? Yeah. He wouldn't be there if he didn't have talent. You know, and, and um, you know, I'm looking at the stream, and uh, I, I think his name was it Habish Basque? Habib Basque? He said Jalen Rager <laughs> has the Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons syndrome. That's exactly what it is. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was all, it's almost like the yips. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. He just needs his mind to get tied into the rest of his body. And people, you know, people really don't understand how the NFL is 80% mental. You, you know, it's, it's easy to get there, but it's harder to stay there. And well, it's not easy get to get there. It's well, easy I mean, for you guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald you know, yeah. wasn't a factor. No, no, right, no, right. no, no. <laughs> But, it, you know, he. If he could tie those two together, he'd be amazing, you know, because because some people have the exact opposite. Heinz Ward was the exact opposite. Heinz Ward had no ACLs. He didn't play. He played with no ACLs, but yet his mind took over and his body just came along for the ride. He was slow as pond water, but he always (laughs) was always open. He was always making plays. 
a fierce competitor because mentally you cannot keep him out of the game. Mentally, he would not be denied. If you take Heinz Ward's brain and put it into, you know, his body, he'd be one of the best players you've ever seen, but he just needs to get tied in mentally. He doesn't have the mental capacity right now. And not saying that he's dumb or anything like that. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with his confidence and really pulling out uh, pulling out those gifts that he has in his body. You know, his mind is just as, as capable of doing it right now. Um, I, I think it's the exact opposite of what you have with J-Jaw. You know, same thing with J-Jaw. J-Jaw just did not bring his body along with his mind. You know, he wasn't mentally tough enough to, to go out there and make plays the way he should make them. And that's, you know, that little difference. You know, I played 12 years in the field, not because I was the most gifted, but more so because I just would not be denied. There was times I would get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and go run two miles just because I know nobody in my hemisphere was doing that. Nobody was doing that. That kept me in the league for a long time because I worked out when nobody worked out. I I, I I I made sure that I focused and know the plays as, as well as anybody in the league. You know, I could I could coach those plays now. You know, I still know, you know, you got zone front side, read or reach, backside, you got to make sure you cut off, leave one. All those things stay in my mind because I made sure I, I knew the intangibles. I knew exactly what I needed to stay there. I knew I was going to fight to stay there, and I made it hard on people to not keep me there. All right, speaking of the stream, I got to give uh... – just chill 76 a nod who said Rager needs to spend the off season with Brooks. See if he right. can catch a fish before he tries to catch a football. Right. Whatever happened to your fishing rod? I know Derek Gunn is now with us here on Jacob B. Yeah. used to be your old fishing part. What? Ray Diddy wouldn't go out and fish with you? No, no, Ray's Mark not. Mark to go out and fish with you? What the Ray's hell happened to your fishing rod? <laughs> He's too busy out there writing notes. He'd be taking notes on how to re, uh, fish instead yeah, of uh, he'd have his uh, legal pad out there talking <laughs> right. about the fish. And you know, Seth is not doing anything but golfing, so you know, Seth is no, not I, going that's out. That's why with I didn't you. put Seth in. A, I, I, I was going along the Diddy Barkan route. Yeah, Seth, Seth's got other things to do than go fishing with you. Right, 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 right. All right, right. Uh, last thing, Barrett. Um, we know it's a football Friday, not necessarily for the Eagles because they won't be playing. Uh, the playoffs this weekend, yeah, specific game you want to watch, guy you want to watch, guy you think this is the first step to the Super Bowl. What are you going to be checking out on uh, the football action this weekend and the divisional round weekend? All I'm going to say is yes, yes to everything, because I, I can't wait for these matchups, you know. Best I mean, weekend you, of the year. Best oh, teams, no question. Best, yeah. No I mean, more. everywhere you look, man, it's a great game, you know. And, yeah. and, and you know, it, these all these games that, you know, we're about to watch could actually be – uh, championship game. So, I mean, I can't wait, man. I mean, of course, I'll be dialed in on, on Brady and if he can go out there and play against this great defense, you know, because, I mean, that defense of the Rams, they turned it around again. They finally jailed and, and are, are getting hot at the right time. So that game, and I want to see what the Young Buck is going to do. You know, Cincinnati, you know, how are they going to go against that that great defense? And the Titans, man, you know, they're getting that, they're getting that man back. They'll get that man again. He's back now. You know, Henry being back really changes how you defend them. So it's, 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 this is just going to be great football. I'm just going to get my popcorn ready, you know, have my wings going, my pizza going, and I'm going to have two solid days of just watching football. Barrett, enjoy. We appreciate you coming out with us today. Check them out on the middle with is Harry May still busting your chop? If you need I, me to, it goes without if saying. If you need man. me to throw one Harry's way, I, I'll kick his ass for you. 
It's not a problem. There aren't too many guys whose ass I can kick. Harry Mays happens to be one of them. So if, if you just feel that would be unfair, you against Harry, it needs to be more of a uh, fair Just tell me. I, 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 I think it's unfair for you to go against Harry because, you know, <laughs> you might whip him too, man. So, you know, I, have to, oh, I will I whip him too, but at, at least with me, it'd be a fair fight. You're not a fair fight against any other uh, Jacob Media brethren. So we need yeah. to keep you above the fray in that way. <laughs> Garrett, good it, stuff. Thanks, brother. Thanks Appreciate a lot, much. Thanks, Barrett. Barrett Brooks from the middle, NBC Sports Philly here with us on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, the uh, Mac and Mac Birds 365 show. All right, coming back, uh, we got another guest to join us in hour number two, Clark Judge from Talk the Talk of Fame Network. Uh, good guy. We've had him on before. One of the best uh, overall National Football League writers in the country. We like to do this from time to time, or maybe I shouldn't speak for John. At least I do. Oh, like I love to get it. like to get someone on who's not born bred and yeah. gives you the Philly perspective. We from time to time probably get a little narrow focused on the birds because we talk about them every single day. You get a different look from a guy who's just watching them from afar on a national focus. Clark Judge will give that to us next hour here on Birds Three Sixty Five. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. McMullen, Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. Thank Barrett Brook for hopping on. Always fun whenever uh, Barrett jumps in with us. Uh, and yes, he'll be tuned to the football weekend. I'll be tuned to the football weekend. I'll be on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, this is, as you mentioned, John, one of the best weeks uh, in the National Football League's calendar every year, year round. Yeah, it's one of the toughest weekends for me because I got to p- compete with these damn games. I'm yeah. on the air while the games That's are being tough. played. Yeah, who's listening to the Mac Man on CBS yeah. Sports Radio? Nobody. They're all watching the NFL playoffs. 30, so. 35 million people watching. Uh, <laughs> on the low side, by the way, uh, you'll get to the what is the prime the prime time game tomorrow's 49ers Packers. That'll be up in the 40s, uh, 40 million range. Um, and then what's the primetime game on Sunday? Um, Mahomes against Allen. Yeah, Mahomes that'll be beats. that'll be up that'll be up in the. They might even hit fifty for one of those two. Yeah, just off the charts uh, ratings numbers. Um, was I, I was going to specific. Oh, uh, I, I was wrong about the schedule. I was right about one thing, wrong about another. Um, knew that they were going to put the Rams on. Um, Sunday because they played the Monday night. Yeah, game. Monday night. Yeah. So I knew the Packers were going. I knew to the Packers were Saturday night. Saturday yeah. game. It was a given. Yeah. I thought they put them on Saturday afternoon. Uh, maybe at the Fox. Because we were talking about that. The Eagles writers were talking about it. If somehow they upset um, Tampa Bay, we knew we were going to have to get into freaking Wisconsin for a Saturday night game. Um, and that is not the easiest place to get to. <laughs> so it would have been a nightmare. So logistically, it's not the worst thing. Now, when you say us. night Saturday night game, I thought it was going to be the Saturday afternoon game because if they're concerned at all, and I don't know that the NFL is, but uh, again, it, it would be another case of the NFL does whatever the hell it wants because they can. And people are just going to tune in. Those people that would have to sit in the freezing cold of Lambeau Field, eh, we don't need to worry about them. We just got to do what's best for us. And we want to. I thought maybe they try and get that game in on Saturday afternoon. No, some man. sunlight. No, it's more rather about... than make them sit in no. sub zero. No. Wind chill factor below no. zero type numbers. Yeah, they don't. They, they don't they, really and care that, about the people with the Green Bay. It they like it, I think, even more because of the history. But, um, well, it, it, we we knew because what you said about the the Monday night game right. that that team was going to play on Sunday, and they and should. Then you, and then yeah, and then you start to talk about uh, the the matchups and. Tennessee is their number one seed. We all kind of knew they were locked into to Saturday afternoon because they're not, for better or for worse, they're not high profile. There's no cachet there. It's probably not fair, but and and again, everything is relative with the NFL because everybody watches every game. But when you talk about prime time, we saw Rodgers, we saw Mahomes versus potentially Josh Allen. 
that's when you knew when that shook out, those were going to be the night games and you knew Green Bay was going to be on Saturday because they were on the bye. So um, it was, it was pretty easy to predict, but I was really confident Green Bay would be Saturday night because of Aaron Rodgers. I thought they might put them on Saturday afternoon because they would show some consideration to the people that had. Yeah, well, they definitely don't show any consideration yeah. to the people. Those of you who are planning, and I don't know that there's anyone who's watching Bird 365 right now who's planning on being at Lambeau Field on Saturday. Yeah, you have my condolences because they could. And the worst in. part, Jody, was a couple of inquirer photographers were on my flight down to uh, Tampa. And they were panicking more than anybody because they got to be on the field uh, in Green Bay on Saturday night. So they were panic stricken. Yeah, at least you guys are sitting in a uh, heated press box. All right, Jay, in my uh, position, we touched on a little bit earlier when I asked you about Miles Sanders, that uh, the Eagles have a decision to make this offseason. Do you talk about a contract extension? If so, what kind of parameters are we doing the overall league evaluation of running backs and the fact that it has been so de-emphasized, my opinion, overly so that it has become almost an afterthought. And I still think you can win um, by running the football shoot. The Eagles proved it this year, but what they had was a good group of running backs more than a superstar bell cow, one running back guy. Well, let me talk about those other two running backs. And we put Kenny Kenneth aside um, because he's under contract because he's young, because you got seven more years uh, before you actually need to make a decision with him. Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, both free agents, both were pretty damn good players this year for the Eagles when healthy. Jordan Howard, again, injured and availability being your most important ability. Um, he is what he is at this stage. The only thing he is is one year older. Um, give me your thoughts on both of those guys and the potential percentage potential that they're back here with the Philadelphia Eagles or somewhere else. What are the Eagles going to be willing to uh, offer those guys if they want to if they want to bring the running back room back on Moss and run it back the way they had it? Um, what are the chances with Howard and with Scott? Well, I think in Boston's case, yeah, he'll be back. He's restricted. He's a restricted free agent. So they'll probably tender him at a, an original round, round level, which would be his six-round level. So that won't be much of an issue. I don't think anybody's going to swoop in with an offer sheet or anything of that nature. And then with Jordan Howard, look, I, you know, I think the Eagles will bring him back on another one-year deal for the veteran minimum would be my guess. We we saw last year there wasn't much interest around the league. I think he's more important here than in any other offense in the NFL, to be honest. I mean, the Eagles are very unique in the way they run. There's only, you could argue, Baltimore. Um, and, and that's about it. Other teams are looking for different styles of running backs and and Jordan Howard wouldn't be a fit and Jordan I, it was very honest last year I mean nobody was calling him nobody uh and the Eagles said yeah we'll we'll give you a shot he came back and I think the same thing will happen this year so I don't think there's going to be much let, let me, I'm sorry to interrupt but just let me uh pin you down he's going to be on the practice squad again well, uh, not necessarily the, he'll, remember as a free agent you signed a regular contract so 
that depends on what the rules are going to be. Are we getting off the COVID practice squad? Are we back to normal? Is it going to be 12? If we're back to normal, you're not even going to be able to put veterans on the practice squad. So uh, that depends on the rules, and that'll be decided down the road. Um, the Eagles took advantage of those rules. Jordan, I talked about it in training camp. Jordan deserved to make this football team. But because of COVID-19, because they had these tweaked rules, you could afford to put high, you know, a veteran player like Jordan Howard on the practice squad. If you can't do it next year, it's a more difficult decision. You got to carry him if he deserves to make the team. But, you know, you also want to get better at the position. So they might draft a running back, not the first round, but maybe in the second, maybe in the third round. So you got to see what's in here as well. But one of the things Howie Roseman and, might as well get people mad at me today. The Eagles don't have any free agents, any, I mean zero, that you will wring your hands about potentially losing. Zero. They locked up all their key guys that they wanted to. And the free agents you're talking, the high-profile free agents, Jody, Anthony Harris, Derek Barnett, Steve Nelson, Rodney McLeod. You could argue Jordan Howard. That's it. I mean, that, yeah, I mean you'd like to have some of them back, but you're not going to lose any sleep if you don't get any of them back. And out of that group of the guys that you just ran down, you're right. There's no, oh, my God, we have to get them re-signed guys on that list. Out of that group that you just ran down, though, Stephen Nelson, easily the guy that I want to bring back most, more so than any of the but, others. It's but, but, not even close. I, I, I would agree that he's the best of the group uh, from a playing standpoint. But then again, Jody, 15, 16, 19. If you're taking a quarterback, cornerback at 16, that's not a necessity. And I would almost guarantee the Eagles are probably going to get a corner and, a, and an edge rusher in the first round of the draft. Edge rusher, yes. The other one could be a safety. They'll get a DB. Might be a cornerback, might be a safety. If you're going to not be able to re-sign either of your two starting safeties from this last year from a position of need, I would say a safety is a lot more important than quarterback. Um, they've got uh, 127 quarterbacks on the roster right now. But but they have a better backup safety than all the 77. Uh, you could you can make an argument that Marcus Epps should have been a starting safety this year. When he played, he was better than Anthony Harris and, the, and Rodney McLeod, to be honest. But I think it's he's ready to start. Yeah, if you can get Kyle Hamilton, but they're not going to be able to get Kyle Hamilton. Um, they'll be able to get a corner uh, where they are. Um, so I just think it's more likely. And by the way, I think they bring back one of the two, and it's more likely they bring back Anthony Harris than Rodney McLeod. But that all ships if Jonathan Gannon leaves. Remember, Anthony Harris has a history with Jonathan Gannon for years. Um understands his defense better than probably anybody um, is a little bit younger. They'll both be relatively cost effective. I think they'll bring one back. Now that could change. If, if Gannon goes to Houston, he might 
want to bring Anthony Harris with him. All that can change, but I think it's more likely they go corner in the draft and safety simply because there's more options at corner than there would be at safety. Not bad. Uh, the Notre Dame kid is far and away the best safety, but there are some safeties that are uh, worthy of, of mid first round where the Eagles are going to be sitting in selection. And uh, going back to the uh, running back conversation, you mentioned uh, that you didn't think there was anyone who was going to make a uh, a move on a Boston Scott who was a restricted free agent. If you tender him as a sixth, well, then um, that's something that I think uh, there might be a team out there willing to jump uh, in and, and get in the fray. It's a lot of money for a third string running back. I mean, it, remember, it's I, I said six because he was drafted. It's a it's called an original round tender. Right. Um, you're still, you know, getting a significant raise. And there's not, you know, we know the value of this particular position around the league. And nobody's going to look at Boston Scott as a number one probably not as a number two. So I'm very confident in saying if they tender him, he's going to be back. There's only one team that scares me, and it's in division, and it's right up the turnpike. Well, the Giants, yeah. Because he just owns the New York point. Giants. So if the New York Giants have a, a chance point. to add him to their roster rather than have to face him and keep him out of the end zone, I'm telling you, Boston Scott could end up as a New York Giant. Well, they got their own issues at running back. I mean, they got to figure out to do with what to do with Saquon Barkley, and I don't. I don't. That was that. That's turned out to be. Uh, that's one I got right. I, I thought that was a terrible pick at the time. It wasn't an indictment of the kid, as more of the value of the position where they took him. It was. It just wasn't going to work out, and it didn't work out. They have to figure out their own issues, but yeah, he's he's been a giant's killer. As, as a guy who actually liked the pick because I thought he was going to be a once-every-10-year level talent. Uh, it didn't – it hasn't worked out, but not because of the reason that it was a bad philosophical pick. He can't stay on the field. He can't play. He's always hurt. Well, that's part of the philosophical reason why nobody thinks you should take a running back. I mean, those guys take a beating, and even if they stay healthy, the – the shelf life is small. So that's part of the philosophical reason. Um, yeah. And nobody wants to pay that second contract to a running back. And when you do, as Dallas did with Ezekiel Elliott, you tend to get, you have that descent. Uh, you're paying for what guys did because it's a position where you don't, you don't have a long shelf life because you take a beating. Very interesting thing where we're looking at running backs at other teams in the division. Could Boston Scott go to the Giants? And what is Ezekiel Elliott going to be the next couple of years with the contract that he got from the Cowboys? Yeah. And see, here's the even if you disagree with the philosophy, it's always better, better to get a player, sorry, players, uh, for cheap than it is to pay uh, above and beyond what they are. And the league has now set the, the bar. It's it just not going to happen. Guys aren't going to get second contracts, which means they go to free agency and then everybody gets to put their two cents in as to what you should pay a high uh, high price running back. It's down. It's going to come down. It's going to probably come down even more before it levels off. So, yeah, I kind of feel bad for the running backs around the National Football League just in general. Miles Sanders being one of them. He's not getting a second quarterback uh, contract here in Philadelphia. 
not I without agree. going free agent, seeing what else is out there, and then coming back to the Eagles and saying, yeah, that contract, which my agent once told you was uh, borderline offensive, yeah, maybe <laughs> we play for it now. So uh, if you put it back on the table, maybe I'll resign. That's the way that running backs are being handled in the National Football League these days. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, you Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. Uh, Clark Judge from Talk of Fame Network, Hall of Fame voter. He's gonna. He's scheduled to jump aboard with us, jump into our stream, hope to talk uh, Eagles and the upcoming weekend of great playoff action with Clark Judge of Talk of Fame next. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. John McMullen and Judge McDonald. You're back on that guy's here on Birds 365. Uh, Clark Judge has not streamed on in yet. Hopefully he will do so shortly. Um, said he would hop in here in our 920 spot. Uh, hasn't yet, but we're certainly still hoping to hear from him. All right. Uh, this was something I was going to try and say to the end of the show, but I'll bring it up now since Clark isn't with us. We had Dave Zangara on the show earlier this week. Uh, does a great job for NBC Sports uh, Philly. And he sort of touched on this he officially went to print with it 
on their website uh, yesterday. Positional need for the Philadelphia Eagles for upgrades during this season. And he put them in a very specific order. I really like his list. I think he's got a good grasp on it. I don't know that I'd put it in exactly in the same order he did. But I'm going to give it to you, J-Mac, and tell me where you would, would adjust. A little overrate, a little underrate. You got to move that up. You got to move that one down. Uh, I'll run them down for you. If you have got NBC Sports Philly in front of you, then you can look yourself. But I'll give them to you verbally for our audience here as well. Um, number one, edge. Defense bed. They need a pass rush. Number two, safety. Numbers kind of dictate it with the fact that both of the starting safeties are free agents. But you're you're ready to turn it over to Epsi. What is it you say about Epsi? Winning football, baby. He plays winning, winning football. football. Will he do so as a starter for the Eagles next year? Um, number three is receiver. Which, again, I know that's, we automatically say think draft, but you and I both agree. It's probably veteran. not going to be draft. Be a veteran. Major, I agree with the need, but give me a veteran. Major push with a wide receiver, correct, uh, but via free agency. Four, linebacker. Agreed. Don't know that everybody else agrees, but I agree. I will, say, I will say this, Jody, because I was doing my awards uh, for Sports Illustrated. So, you know, Eagles MVP, Offensive Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Defense, all that kind of nonsense. You know who I put as the defensive MVP of this team? No, acknowledging, Hold on, let me let me think about this. Well, defensive acknowledging MVP. Darius Slay was the best player, but my my I went with uh, defensive sort of MVP ish type mentality. And Clark's going to jump on, so we'll save this for the last segment. Right, but right, think right. about it. Mo I know, I know who I know who I would say, and we'll see if you went on yeah. that jump. But uh, Clark Judge, good enough to hop aboard with us. He of talk of fame. Uh, oh, Clark, it's cold, yeah. buddy. Where, yeah, where it's are cold. you? Just I mean, coming back in from walking the dog? What are you doing still yeah, wearing a hat? Exa- exactly. I'm coming back in, <laughs> Coming back in. No, I'm coming back yeah. in from walking the dog, which is true. Yeah. It's 11, yes. de- it's 11 degrees here. Well, um, it's 14 and I said to, here, Clark. I said so to my wife, my hands are numb. Absolutely yeah. <laughs> numb. So, right. yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get warm. I'm frozen. I so had I'm, your same I'm guessing you're not morning. covering the Packers in Green Bay. Yeah, uh, getting on a plane tonight and going to Green Bay for tomorrow's game. I feel like I'm covering the Packers in Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like two degrees there tomorrow. It's going to be yeah. cold. It's going to be cold. Yeah. What we're, we're, we're I want to talk to you about the weekend. I I think this is the best weekend of the NFL it, year. It always is. Have, yep. Yeah, always is. Yeah. Great teams at this point. It looked like the Eagles and Steelers. Yeah. Probably weren't. <laughs> worthy of being in the playoffs but right. well i first i want to start clark with coaches because we're we're knee deep into the hiring cycle and we're starting to get a little ink tranklings i know i know dan dan graziani we'll start with the philadelphia uh tint for you uh-huh. jonathan gannon might be a front runner use that term in houston what's your thought process on this cycle as a whole where we are, and I want to talk to you about groupthink in the NFL. It seems like everybody every year starts with the same list of people, right. the hot candidates. Where where's the original thought when it comes to hiring coaches in this league? Uh, it's a good question. Um, I, I I think the original thought honestly comes from Pittsburgh. 
Uh, it's continuity. Yeah. Uh, they they stay with somebody, and um, and and no matter whether they are successful or not. And I'm talking about um, you know being a seven and nine, which is a real disaster for them losing season. <laughs> but but when they hired Mike Tomlin, that was out of the box. When they hired Mike Tomlin, yeah. And um, Bill Cowher was really somewhat out of the box. When they hire someone, they stay with them. There's continuity, and I've always been a big believer in that. Baltimore's the same way. They they went to John Harbaugh. Um, who, as you guys know, was a was a, a yeah. special teams coach, and then that one year as a secondary coach with Andy. But John was an out of the box hire, and I thought, boy, they're taking a real chance here. And look what's happened in, in that situation. And I think you've got to be like that. I, I when Las Vegas had the it's very weird to say Las Vegas for the Raiders. That's really yeah. weird to say. But when Las Vegas had the success they did with Rich Bizaccia this year, I thought that was really positive because um, I've known Rich. He really wanted to be a um, sorry to get out of this. I'm trying to get out of this light. Um, he really wanted to be a head coach. And and we talked. I'm talking about 2012 when he was with Dallas. And and he said, I don't understand why special teams coaches aren't hired more often. And I said, I don't either. And then afterwards, with the the, the saw him the next year with the John Harbaugh success, I said, I think that probably will lend itself to to doing something like that. It didn't really until he fell into an interim job. Well, if I were Las Vegas, I'd keep him. I, I would hire him. But they're going to fall in love with Jim Harbaugh. That seems to be the the, the uh, thinking. And and I covered the 49ers, not when Jim was there, but I certainly went out there and spent time with him when he was out there. <clears throat> yeah, he was successful, but he's an odd guy. And, and it comes at a price. Um, he burns a lot of bridges within the building, and and he comes at a price. Rich Basaccio was successful, was very popular with the players. But anyway, those are two. I think those are some of the um, – teams that are doing it the right way since you know Versace and you seem like you have relationships yet when you said you talk to him are they just hanging him out the dry seems that way yeah, it he's seems still that way the coach right as yeah. of right now he's the coach he's got the interim tag on there but they haven't said it's your job or it's not your job you can go interview for other jobs he is on paper the Raiders coach even though nobody believes he's going to be the Raiders coach right yeah, no, that's right. And and, I, and that could be, in all fairness, it could be they're doing this just to cover themselves in terms of uh, the Rooney rule. It could be. I mean, just let's let's get a number of people in. I felt so strongly about him after the season ended that I'd say, hire him the next day. And and you guys know, if you were going in for an interview, and maybe you've done this, I have as well, and they interview you and they say, God, we love you, Jody. You know, John, you're doing a great, we love you. You're a guy and nothing happens in the next week or two weeks ago, I can't be their guy because they don't really have a conviction about me. They, yeah. They're going in another direction. The, the longer this goes, the worse it becomes for Rich Passaccia in my mind. But he has numbers of people, including the quarterback, coming out in his favor. That speaks well for him. I hope it happens. I don't think it will. I think they'll fall in love with either the next analytics genius or a guy like uh, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, it was interesting, Clark. Uh, Wade Phillips, I don't know if you saw, wrote something or uh, for the 33rd team this morning about coaching interviews. And he joked, uh, you know, you're the guy. When you get the jet, you got the job. That's what he said. I thought it was a great line. When you get the private jet sent for you, <laughs> you know, you know, you got the job. So. Well, I also I remember when I was talking with Pete Carroll uh, back in San Francisco. And this is, goes back to uh, 95 when he was. Um, oh, I'm sorry, 97, I guess it was when he was hired by um, uh, the Patriots. He was saying at that time, you want to go somewhere where there's an established quarterback in place. You don't yeah. want to go somewhere where there isn't one. And I'm not going somewhere where there's not one. When he went to New England, they had Drew Bledsoe at that time. 
that was critical for him because I think St. Louis was looking at some, was looking at him at the same time. He was saying, well, why would I go there? I mean, you're going to fall flat yeah. on your face. And, um, and so, he, and I think that's a, a, a logical um, prerequisite for anyone who's going into a head coaching job. So if you go to Las Vegas, you got the quarterback, right? I mean, um, and, and some of these other places that may not be the case. You go to Houston. I don't know that Davis Mills is the quarterback. I saw some good things from him, but I don't know if he's going to be the quarterback. So anyway, um, I, I think that's a thinking from that end of it. All right. Need your from outside of town vision in on the Philadelphia Eagles and their coach, Nick Sirianni, as you just mentioned, you want to have an established quarterback in place when you take a job. And yeah. I would argue that Jalen Hurts was not an established quarterback. He was in the league, but your definition established, my definition of established, John's probably pretty similar. Jalen Hurts didn't fit that. But Sirianni took the job because he wasn't offered any other that, job. And he was willing right. to say, hey, come on, One, area, one job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but he, he did a heck of a job. I thought they did far better than I expected. And and to me, they were one of the surprises of the year. When they got into the playoffs, I, I, I felt pretty certain they were going to be one and done. I didn't think that was a particularly exemplary performance, and I know that's uh, being kind to them. Yeah. I think his weaknesses were exposed. Uh, he's not a pocket passer. It seemed like um, Tampa Bay figured out that you, you flush him left can't really throw throwing to his left um and so there's some limitations there he had some great moments this year he had some not so good moments and unfortunately the lasting impression right now is a not so good moment i don't know where you're going with him i mean i think it, it's probably still too soon to make a judgment we're in a, a society in an era where we want to make instant judgments and and i think of um the, the chargers a team i covered uh way back when but when they had drew Brees in the first three years he did nothing and they said that's it and Andy Reid actually when he was in Philadelphia said to me, think about the, the third or fourth year. You really know what you got, you know, and 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 so by three, the three years, they said, we know what we have. We're taking Philip Rivers. They drafted Eli Manning, as we know, and they got Philip Rivers in the trade. But we're getting Philip Rivers. He's going to be our starter. Year four, Drew Brees became Drew Brees. Philip yeah. Rivers stayed nailed to the bench. Year five, Drew Brees to Philip Rivers stayed nailed to the bench. And the only reason he left was in the last game of the year against Denver. He hurt his shoulder, as we know. Became an unrestricted free agent. Nobody wanted to touch him except for New Orleans, and, and we know what happened. But um, that's what I—that's why I think it's so soon. I know people in Philadelphia want to make a judgment. Unfortunately, the last time we saw Jalen Hurts, it wasn't very good. So you, you no. gotta wonder if, if that's what we're getting, or if it's going to be up and down. If it's going to be up and down. Probably got to find someone who's more consistent, more consistently successful. But Clark, you bring up a good point because you mentioned Drew Brees, and even if that's not that long ago. But it seems like a very long time because three years seems extraordinary yeah, in today's right. modern NFL. Right. And and a, a lot of times you don't have three years because there is such pressure on you to turn the corner. You got to make this decision: is he the guy? Is he not the guy? And 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 by the way, college offenses have changed. Uh, these right. guys are arriving not quite as prepared maybe as they once were. So you have to teach them. Uh, to progress, uh, you might have saw the viral video that's gone out there. One of the Tampa Bay defensive coaches saying about Jalen Hurts, this guy can't read. This guy can't read defenses. He's going right. to give us a couple. Right. How do you have time to learn to read defenses and become Tom Brady in this environment? Well, that's a good question. Um, I, with Tom Brady and, and, and Peyton Manning, both of uh, whom are eminently successful, what do they always say about them? 
they, they study like crazy. Yeah. They know more about defense than most people, including people within that t- particular team's office. And, and that to me is one of the big changes in today's game where it's much more cerebral, I think, than what it was. God, I mean, I, I started covering this, the league in 1982 and you just look at the most physically gifted guys. It's much more than that. And, and Tom Brady isn't a particularly physically gifted guy. Certainly, I mean, very accurate passer. But when he came in the league, you guys have all seen the, the yeah. combine video and everything like that. And, and people would tell you, Jay Cutler was immensely more talented. I mean, Mike Shanahan gave up on Jake Plummer because he said Jay Cutler. And I've known Mike for years. This guy's one of the most talented guys I've seen. I spent 10 minutes with Jay Cutler and I said, he is not going to be successful. I don't know how to miss that, <laughs> but he had no leadership qualities, none, yeah. none. And I finally entered the interview. And I said, I'm out of here. And, and this was in Denver. And uh, I remember the PR guy saying how to go. I went terrible. I, I, I wouldn't get in the huddle with that guy. I mean, he's, he's disconnected. He's off on some other planet. Um, but with Brady, it's different with Manny. It's different. Those guys. And, and so Jalen hurts certainly is a talented guy, but you can't read defense. You're not going anywhere. You're not. And that was a, and I don't want get in well, i won't even mention but there was another quarterback recently that was the same thing they said he could read half the field he's not in the league anymore he could read only half the field so yeah that's a, that's a huge deal if that's the case if what they're telling you is true if i'm philadelphia quarterbacks coach and the offense coordinator and the head coach i'm saying get in the classroom here we're going to study and work on this all the time if you can't do it we've got to move on but we've got to work on that you got to know what you're looking at because that is such a huge part of the game what does tom brady say he knows what he's doing when he's coming to the line he checks everything same thing with Breeze. You talked about that. Um, and Manny was the same way. They look at way, the way it's set up. They get keys from every uh, different position. Some get key on linebackers, some on defensive backs. And then they know what they're looking at. If you don't know what you're looking at, you're not going to make it. So that's uh, I think that's a, a key for your quarterback going forward. All right. Then let me ask you about two facing off in a game this weekend. Two of the more respected, still relatively young in their career quarterbacks in the league. And I'm talking about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. That's great. That's a marquee game. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. showdown game between the two. I've seen a bunch of people suggest that Buffalo comes in with the better quarterback. Oh, uh, and yeah. I, oh, I just I don't understand that, that. I like Josh Allen. He I was phenomenal it. last week against the Patriots. He's yeah. not Patrick Mahomes. Nobody's Patrick Mahomes. I don't know that Rogers is Patrick Mahomes. Will the quarterback play be the deciding factor in that one? Give us your thoughts on Bills and Chiefs, the last game of the weekend. Yeah, you struck a nerve when you said no one's Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady's Patrick Mahomes plus oh, yeah, 10 times. Play. I mean, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, is, there's no question he's gifted. Um, Tremendously gifted. Yeah, I would go away, Rod, too, Clark. I would yeah, go I mean, I, I'm, I'm one of those that I, I just like guys who win games. And I've said this before. Listen, Patrick Mahomes is one of the most talented people I've ever seen. But I saw someone post a video of him throwing a pass by 56 yards across the field. He rolled right, threw it left. Has, have we ever seen this before? And I wrote him back immediately and said, yeah, I saw John Elway in Stanford. <laughs> that was 30, 40 years ago. I saw it. Yeah, we've seen this before. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, is, I, he makes incredible plays. Um, but in, in two Super Bowls, seven of those eight quarters, he hadn't been very good. And that's being kind. He hadn't been very good. Um, Tom Brady is a guy who wins a lot of games. He wins a lot. I don't care what his So I'm talking about leadership ability. Anyway, that's getting way off the mark. I mean, that's, it just strikes a nerve because when people talk about the court, like Aaron Rodgers, he's a, he's a tremendously gifted quarterback. He makes throws that Brady can't make. 
how many Super Bowls has he won? And your listeners will say, well, it has to do with other players. And right. Tell me the great wide receivers that Tom Brady worked with. Randy Moss. He didn't win any Super Bowls with Randy Moss. That was his best team and they didn't win. So who's his great receiver? Deion Branch, Troy Brown, you know, um, Rache Caldwell. I mean, who's his great receiver? And, and, and that's what people who worked with him. And I, I knew people within that organization who worked with him. They said, he has an unbelievable, uncanny ability to lift the play of everyone around him, much like Manny did. Lift the play. So the guys who are ordinary players, a Wes Welker, for instance, a Julian Edelman, they suddenly are stars. But that's that's you saw you guys saw what Sean McCoy said about him because we had the Sean McCoy conversation last time. But you saw what he said about him. Never better teammate, competitor, that sort of thing. That's what you hear from everyone. Everyone, yeah. even James Harrison, who went to New England, said I was prepared to hate him. I love the guy. So that's the <laughs> impact. Um, but Mahomes versus Allen, um, which Jake Allen, uh, which Josh Allen is, is showing up? I don't know. I mean, he when he's good, they're they're, they're far better people because he's he's got a strong arm, he's accurate, and he can run. But he's not running like Russell Wilson when he's running out of bounds or packing up sliding. He's running over people. Now that's not going to last that long, um, but he's running over people. And he's, he's a, he's a, um, he, it's such a quarterback centric team. That's how good he is when he's, when he's on, but when he's off that they, they can't function. Mahomes though, has really sort of figured things out now rather than going Tyree kill, Tyree kill 50, 60 yards. They're being patient, working their way down the field. That's positive because you guys saw what happened at the beginning of the year wasn't going to be that way. Everyone took away that deep pass from Number them. And two, suddenly, yeah. yeah. And then they, 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 he wasn't, he was missing wide open receivers. That's not the case now, but I want to see what happens if, and when that Buffalo um, front four can get to him, because if you can't get to him with a front four, he will pick you apart. And uh, I've known Tony Dungy for years. And I said, you know, how do you defend? Can he be defended? He goes, yeah, you can defend him with three and four man rushes. If you can get to him, you blitz him. He will kill you. He, and every time I watch them and I go, here comes the fifth rusher. Here comes the sixth pass rusher. Forget it. Someone's open. He's, and sure enough, it's a completed pass. Mahomes is a terrific quarterback. I love watching him play. And I'm not here to denigrate him. I'm just here to say, guys, people always just forget about the old man. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm an old man. But but yeah. um, but um, this is, a, a to me, just a, a marquee matchup of the weekend of two terrifically um, exciting quarterbacks who are young, who've got great futures. And maybe this yeah. is what we're looking at in the future. Mahomes, Allen, so more, more like, you know, Manning and, and Brady and Brady. maybe something like that. And I'd say um, uh, Elway and Marino, but they really never played against each other that much. I think it was three times. Every time you looked around, it was Manning and Brady. But maybe this is the way it's going to be with these two. I can't wait to see this game. And obviously the NFL can't either. They put it in the marquee spot. But yep. I, yep. I can't wait to see this game because – Buffalo's got a good defense. They, they've got a solid defense. I think they're vulnerable a little bit to the run, but the secondary, they, they, the, the, um, the white injury at the end of the, uh, in the middle of the year really hurt them, but there's still a defense that's going to give this guy trouble. I think they can win this game. Now, it's tough to go there and win. It's certainly tough to, to go in a uh, uh, hostile environment in this divisional round. You look at the record, guys, home teams win again and again and again and again. And, and Kansas City... Is picked to win this game. I'll take Buffalo only because I watched that game early this year, and Buffalo really shut him down. Really shut. Well, you him gave down. me. There's going to be one upset, so that might be it. But I want to. I want to go back to Saturday, Clark, because that's number one seed. Yeah. Day. So yeah. you have Tennessee uh, in the early window, then Green Bay in the late window. 
I voted. I'm warming up, guys. I'm getting warm. I'm taking the scarf off. Nice. I, I, I give, I think Mike Rabel's coach of the year because nobody's ever had to use more players and he got the number one seed and he doesn't have Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or That's Josh Allen right. or Aaron Rodgers. It didn't have Derrick Henry for half the year no, either. didn't have Derrick Henry for half the year. And there they are as the number one seed. I don't think they get the, the normal credit of a number one seed. Is this a team that is uh, – are they right for the picking when it comes to an upset? And Green Bay as well, because I want you to talk about two of these teams. I know your buddy Rick Goslin does his special teams rankings. Yeah. That's the one thing I look at in Green Bay. He had them dead last in special teams, 32 yeah. out of 32. Um, is that their Achilles heel? It, it is. Um, I think they've got some defensive weaknesses. I saw a game earlier this year. I think it was the Baltimore game. Um uh, I think it was where uh, Jackson wasn't playing and Huntley was playing and, and it suddenly they, they, they were giving up a lot of points at the end of the game and saw that a couple times late in the season, let teams back in the game. They couldn't really close them out. Um, that concerned me some, but yeah, special teams, especially if you've got Debo Samuel back there, uh, what could happen? Uh, I think that's a, that's a potential upset. I, I'll be honest with you, full disclosure, I covered the 49ers. It sounds like there's no team I didn't cover, but I covered the 49ers in the 90s. So I've always been partial to them. And and I like the way they they operate. This is a team that's kind of built for this game. They, they're physical. They run yeah, the ball. They can, can they win? They can. The reason I don't think they will are the injuries. That's what concerns me. The Bosa injury is a big deal. The Warner injury is a big deal. Garoppolo, not so much. Um, because they can run the ball, he can be effective as he showed last week. But though defensively, it's like we were talking about Mahomes. You've got pressure, Rodgers. If you can pressure him on that front four, you can get him out of his his rhythm. And their front four is good, but they've got to have Bosa. They've got to have him. And if they don't, and I know he's going to play, but at what at what capacity or what limit? I don't know what how effective he's going to be. That concerns me. So. Um, I, I would like to see them pull the upset. I think there's a potential there. With, with Tennessee, they don't get the attention because people are excited about Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill. All he does is win, you know? I mean, he wins yeah. a lot of games. And, and so the marquee player is Derrick Henry. When they lost him midseason, we kind of checked them off and said, forget it. They stayed around because you are absolutely right. Mike Vrabel did a great job. To me, it was Vrabel and LaFleur as the coaches of the year. Yeah. And, and, and LaFleur because... He put up with a lot of that Aaron Rodgers BS all year long and on the off season. And then there were some um, additions, subtractions, everything there. But but the Aaron Rodgers situation, I think he maneuvered that very well. And and I give him a lot of credit for that. Vrabel just lost a ton of playmakers, yeah. including maybe the league MVP. At midseason, I had Derrick Henry as my MVP. And, and I vote. And I had him as my MVP. And then I... Started going more towards, you know, well, I'm looking, where am I going? Oh, Jonathan Taylor. And then Jonathan Taylor had sort of faded out as the Colts faded out. But to me, it came down then to Brady and and, and Rodgers. But um, but I, I think when, when you do what he did, it absolutely is deserving of, of some kind of recognition. And, yeah, Coach of the Year would be a, a great way to do it. Clark, I know this past week you had the chance to sit in on the Hall of Fame Zoom voting Zoom meeting for the second year in a row. You yep. guys have done it virtually rather than in a mega room the weekend before the Super a, a little bit different. Talk to a couple guys like yourself who have a vote. Last year, they actually thought it was pretty effective, that it was very well done. Everyone mm-hmm. got their chance. It wasn't as bad as some people thought it was going to be, that they were very happy with it. 
little different this year and that they're going to handle the announcement a little bit differently than they did. Did it go well for you? Everybody's got their own experience, and I'm asking you about yours. Did you get to say what you wanted? Did you hear everybody else? Did you think that it was handled correctly? Um, what was your read on the uh, decision-making meeting via Zoom for this year's Hall of Fame? It, it, the answer is yes. I was very happy. Very, not happy. Very happy with everything. This year's meeting was operated by a new president, Jim Porter. And the last, uh, I don't know, seven, eight, whatever, seven of them, uh, been handled by David Baker, who was the CEO and president, stepped down last October. And now Jim Porter is the head. And there was a, a just a completely different feel to it. It went faster. Things were more smoothly handled. There was a situation that came up that he handled beautifully, maneuvered it to the satisfaction of all the voters. That's not easy when you have 49 people in one room. And there were 49 people on that call. I'm not talking about the voters. Board of Selectors has 49 people. And I think to a man and a woman, um, to a person, we all left there going, wow. I mean, they're actually listening to us. That, they're listening to us. That's a, <laughs> that's a change, you know. And, and, and that, was, that was encouraging. Um, and, and, and the presentations were on time. They weren't long. The discussion was positive. I had to make a presentation on behalf of Art McNally. Um, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed doing, it. I'm very passionate about art, I spoke up about Bryant Young. I'm very passionate about Bryant Young because I covered him in San Francisco, some other people, um, and, in in the conversation, Sal Palantonio uh, presented, uh, Dick Vermeil did a great job. The presentations were outstanding. The conversation was good. It wasn't rancorous and it moved more smoothly. Now it was a seven and a half an hour call. And I can hear you guys going, wait a minute, seven and a half hour call. You're kidding me. It, last year was nine. <laughs> so, so this was a step in the right direction. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very encouraged guys by everything I hear from Jim Porter. Uh, we had him on, uh, Eric Kaufman and I run a podcast called the eye test for two. And we had him on yesterday, in fact, um, posting a story today. And he was talking about what's going on in the future. And one thing that he's, um, bullish on, and so are we, is opening the hall more to some of these deserving senior candidates who've been forgotten. Yeah. You know, Maxie Bond, for instance, great Philadelphia linebacker, Rams linebacker, forgotten. Um, Al Wister, great offensive lineman, and, and he played defense as well, but for the Philadelphia Eagles on the two championship teams, 48 and 49, yeah. forgotten. Well, what did he do yeah. wrong? He got forgotten. That's all. And these guys who slipped through the cracks. He wants to open it up so that we get more in each other uh, in each year. And, and, I, and we've been fighting for that for a while. But he said, I'm receptive to it. Let's listen. Let's talk. And if we can get something done, let's do it. We haven't heard that. We haven't heard anyone said, yeah, I want to talk to you guys. Hear what you have to say. And I'll take it to the board of directors. Jim Porter is, is, is um, a breath of fresh air, honestly, right now. I, and right. and we'll, we'll wait yeah. to see. But. But so far, so good. I mean, what I heard the other day on that call was so refreshing because, there, as I said, there was something that came up and he goes, we're not going to deal with it later. We're going to deal with it right now. And he made a change and people kind of looked at each other and went, huh, what? They're doing this now? Wow. OK. All right. And it was a, a change in the voting process and, and it worked out. Last one for me, Clark. And uh, I, I, I do it. We've been lucky enough to have so many Hall of Fame voters on this show, Jody and I. You're one of them. And. Damo locally uh, comes on all the right. time. Uh, D's on. D's been on. How many? We've had so many. Uh, Gary Myers has been on. Gary Myers has been on. Right. Uh, 
so many. I get to talk to Sal all, all the Sal's time. Great. Yeah. Sal's great. Sal's um, great. One thing, you know, as uh, the game has changed so much, you know, and and I always talk about as there's younger voters, younger blood, you know, how it's handled when you look at some of those numbers, you you talk about the overlooked players of, of previous eras. And, yeah, right. You know, the explosion of numbers in offense. And, right. you know, maybe younger people don't realize – how good Lynn Swan was when you look at his numbers compared to receivers who catch the football, you know, are, are not mediocre, but you know, they're getting 80 catches a year and they're not hall of fame players. Do you see any disconnect with the, with the younger voters uh, as opposed to, you know, older voters and, and maybe some of the older guys, the older generations being lost in the shuffle? A, a little bit. And that's not a complaint, just an observation a little bit. Um, I'm not a big analytics guy. I watch Brandon Staley over out in um, Los Angeles and shake my head every time I see him go <laughs> fourth and one on the 18 yard line, you know, zone 18. Yeah. He's a genius. No, he's not. No, he's not. Right. He's reckless. <laughs> um, and, and that, and, and it bothers me because as I said, I covered the Chargers and they're, they're better than they, uh, the record shows. But anyway, um, yeah, a, a little bit when, when I get the analytics and this guy, you know, 63% of the time he did did this and 43%. I, I don't care. I mean, I, I, go, I, I saw him play. And, and there, there, there are guys my vintage, enough guys in there who will say that, yeah, I saw him play. But that's fewer and fewer now because numbers matter, right? That's, everyone wants numbers. But you can do anything you want with numbers. You can't, like a video. You can do anything you want with a video. With numbers, you can do anything you want. And, and where it gets particularly troublesome is with wide receivers, because the numbers are so inflated today. And, and honestly, I, I was on a, a, a radio program several years ago. Um, Jody Mack would know who the, the, the individual was, but I'm not going to mention it. But um, it was a national program. And we were talking about Terrell Owens. And I I'm not, was not a big Terrell Owens fan because I used to cover him in San Francisco. And it's a whole different story. But, um, but um, he had these prodigious numbers. And, and so they were saying, you know, he's one of the two or three greatest receivers of all time. It's like, what? I mean, no, what? No. And 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 I and I said, you know, he was a wrecking ball. And then some of these teams. And I went back to the Eagles when, you know, we went through that stuff in 2005 with Andy and and Brad. And and so, in any case, uh, I mentioned Paul Warfield, and they said, who would you take? I said, well, you start with. I mean, most people start with Jerry Rice. I covered Jerry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, start with Jerry. But how about Don Hudson? Look at Don Hudson's numbers compared to his contemporaries. It was like Babe Ruth compared to his contemporaries. I mean, <laughs> Don Hudson was so far better than anyone else. Okay. Hudson, um, Rice, Lance Allworth was a great, great receiver, but he played for the AFL long ago. People don't remember. You look at the, the video. I watched him play. Great receiver. I mentioned Paul Warfield. And this, this guy goes, Paul Warfield? You see his numbers? I went, I don't need to see his numbers. It's on play. He goes, yeah, but he had so many catches. He had, yeah, in today's passing game, yeah, it doesn't look that great, right? Paul Warfield, every time he caught the ball, he got, was like 20 yards. Plus, he played on a, a team that run, it was a running era, but the Browns and yeah. the Dolphins. I mean, come on. You know, Bob Greasy threw 14 passes in a Super Bowl. So you want to <laughs> criticize Paul Warfield. He was a great receiver. But he said, the conversation ends right then. If you're going to mention Paul Warfield, you just cut it off. That was it. So, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, Randy Moss and Terrell Owens were better than Paul Warfield because they had more inflated numbers. Well, guess what? Five years from now, all these guys that we're talking about today are going to be second second chair to guys who now have more inflated numbers. You know, the, yeah. the, the longer we play now, 17 games. Look at, look at Cooper gonna, Cup's year. This yeah. year. 17 games, then we're going to go yeah. to an 18-game season. 
just more and more numbers and inflated numbers. And we're going to say, oh, Larry Fitzgerald, are you kidding me? Look at his number. He's a great receiver. He was a great, he was a great receiver. So we have people now in the room who have got big numbers and are beginning to, um, I think, overshadow some others. And a guy who was a um, semifinalist who didn't make it to the finals was Heinz Ward. Honestly, I thought of the group of receivers. We had six semifinalists. I thought he was the best one. Great, great um, player. We just had Barrett Brooks on. Was talking about Heinz Ward. Just could, out of nowhere, bringing him he, up. He great could player. do everything. He was a great. Yeah. He could, he caught the ball. He was a great blocker, and he made the big plays when you needed the big plays. And that's what I looked at. We talk about Swan made the big plays. But if someone looks at his list and says, "Well, he only had you know fifty three catches," yeah, sure. In today's in today's game where I can pitch a ball two feet to Jody who's running in front of me. He's running in front of me. It's a long handoff. I just pitch him two feet. That's a completed pass. Right. Yeah. It's a completed pass. Yeah. Justin Jefferson may put T.O. and all those other guys in his rearview mirror by the time his career is over and done with. Hope you're still voting for it at that time. Next question. <laughs> no, that's a Terrell Owens agent reference, not for <laughs> Clark Judge, because unfortunately we're out of time, Clark. No, no. Yeah. Unfortunately, we are. you can go back out with the dog. You're all warmed up now. You can go back outside again. Okay, wait a second. I got to get the scarf on. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me a LaShawn McCoy question. Yeah. No, we'll, get, we'll get you on again during the offseason. We have plenty of time. We got no more active football here in Philadelphia to talk about. So we need guys like you to be part of it. Thanks for hopping in with us today. We appreciate it and enjoy the best weekend of football this year. You got it. I love it, guys. I love the time. Thanks so much. Clark Judge from Talk of Fame here with us on Birds 365. All right, as I mentioned, we're running low on time. We'll come back. I'll get Johnny Mac's thoughts on a couple of the games played this weekend. Uh, Keep it here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. I think it was good. McMullen's always good. Yeah, I'm your basic traffic cop. But both of the guests were good today. Barrett Brooks was very good. I love the Hall of Fame talk. I love it, Jody. I'm a nerd when it comes to Hall of Fame talk. And Clark is uh, very uh, expressive and and gives you great insight. And love whenever we have him on. Don't want to abuse the privilege, but we'll get him on a bunch of times during the offseason as well. And he gave us some thoughts on the games coming up this weekend, the showdown. I like the could... Allen and Mahomes become Brady versus Manning. Not improbable, not impossible. And they're both in the same conference, which was a big part of the showdown between those two QBs. Um, and uh, I like Josh Allen. I think he's really good. He's not Patrick Mahomes. And as a matter of fact, John, I said this, I do a uh, podcast um, with a professional gambler every week. And he's got all his reads and trends and the way that he makes picks. And he's very good. And he's got certain ways that he goes about selecting games. And I buy into a lot of things he told me. Last week, completely bought into the under on the Raiders and the Bengals, which, oh, by the way, Derek Carr throwing for the end zone on the last play would have cost us the under uh, lean in that game, which we both were right about. Um, It's simple for me this week. Four games. I'm taking the better quarterback in every game. Just tell me who the better quarterback is, and I'll tell you that's who I'm leaning toward. So you're taking the Bengals over the Titans? Correct. Correct. Uh, Yes, that's the only only, uh, underdog slash road team I'm taking because all four home teams are, of course, the favorite this week. Yeah, you're taking the Packs, Bucks, and Chiefs. Right. Uh, And and last week I said the same thing, and uh, the only road team I liked was San Francisco to beat Dallas which they did because the Cowboys were overrated by some like John McMullen, but I'm not going to revisit that. Well, I'm um, going, by the way, I'm, I'm with you different. I'm, there's going to be one upset. So I'm thinking what's going to be the upset. And I, you know, I don't think I like your choice, but I don't think, I think learning to win in the postseason as a process and Cincinnati just won their first postseason game in how many years and, I don't. I don't know if they're ready to go over the hump yet. Uh, so I'm one hesitant. More, one more. Don't know that they're ready to go to the Super yeah. Bowl, but they can win this weekend. Yeah, I'm not. I'm hesitant on that one. I can't see Matthew Stafford beating Tom Brady. I'm with you there. I I think the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl again, so I can't pick against them. Um, so I sit there and say San Francisco and Green Bay. San Francisco and Green Bay. What Clark said. And even though I have no respect for Jimmy Garoppolo and all the respect in the world for Aaron Rodgers as a football player, I'm picking San Francisco because they are built to run the football. Now, what Clark brought up is true, though. If Nick Bosa can't play, that's all up, up. It's all destroyed. And how healthy he's going to play, how healthy is he going to be? If Nick Bosa is Nick Bosa, I think San Francisco is going to win that game, and it's probably going to be a, a special teams play. Green Bay's been awful at special teams all year. 49ers uh, did me justice last week. 
Yeah, but that's it. When you're picking games, you can't stay. Oh, they won for me last week, so I got to go back. No, no, no. You can go on a team one week and get off that train 20 minutes after the game is over. Yeah, I think Rodgers is going to be Rodgers this week in the freezing cold and the frozen tundra that was Lambeau, that is Lambeau Field. Uh, yeah, the only road team I'm taking is uh, Joe Burrow. Plain and simple. Give me Trent the- Williams can block the whole Green Bay defense by himself. He's good. He's as good as it gets on the left tackle. You are right there. All right, brother. Uh, are we ready for another off-season week next week? We will do it. We'll be here. 365, baby. 365. We're not kidding with the name of the show. And by uh, the way, we didn't mention it. Happy 200th, uh, Jody. Oh, shoot. That's right. Yeah, officially yeah. our 200th I got show. it in. We'll like, celebrate. share, and subscribe. I'll get that in, too. We'll, we'll celebrate our 201st on Monday. Uh, enjoy the football. I know the Eagles aren't playing, guys, but uh, enjoy it just the same. It is the best weekend of football every single week. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk Eagles, but we'll also be talking NFL playoffs come Monday here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.